The Democrats and the radical left are determined to prevent President Trump's election, and they're willing to shred the Constitution and the rule of law to do it. Desperate to hold on to power, politically motivated Democrats have brought a fourth criminal indictment against President Trump, this time in Georgia. The indictment, which alleges that Trump and 18 of his allies violated Georgia's RICO statute, is legally absurd and baseless, and it portends the fall of the American Republic. I'm Doug Wardlow, and this is Founding Principles. It is time to go on offense. This is Founding Principles with Doug Wardlow. Has the American Republic finally fallen? Well, if it hasn't, the far-left Democrats appear to be determined to see that it does. That's the only reasonable conclusion one can draw after witnessing far-left federal and state prosecutors bring forward four indictments against former President Donald Trump. The Democrats are weaponizing the law against their political opponents in a way that we have never before witnessed in American history. They are throwing the rule of law out the window as they seemingly focus on a singular goal, holding on to power at all costs by making sure that President Trump is never re-elected. The most recent fourth indictment brought forward by Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis charges Trump and 18 others, including lawyers and political supporters, with violation of Georgia's RICO statute, a law originally designed to hold high-level mobsters to account for their involvement running criminal enterprises. The general thrust of D.A. Willis's indictment is a host of allegations about how Trump and his allies purportedly schemed to unlawfully change the outcome of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. The introduction to the indictment states that Trump lost the 2020 election in Georgia and that Trump and the 18 other defendants refused to accept that fact, but instead joined a vast conspiracy to flip the election over to Trump. Never does the indictment explain how contesting the results of an election, something political campaigns in America do frequently all across the country in every single election cycle, could possibly constitute an unlawful conspiracy. What's more, criminal liability under a RICO statute generally requires that the persons charged be found guilty of predicate criminal acts in furtherance of a larger criminal enterprise. In the case of the Georgia DA's indictment, the indictment appears to allege in general that the Trump campaign itself, beginning on election day or thereabouts, is itself the criminal enterprise for RICO purposes. That's absurd, of course, especially when you consider that the vast majority of the predicate acts alleged as furthering the conspiracy to overturn the election in Georgia are completely lawful activities that involve political speech. So let's look at a few of the overt acts alleged in the indictment. Take act number 20, for example. Here, the indictment alleges that Donald Trump sent out a tweet from his Twitter account stating that Georgia hearings about the elections were being televised on OANN and that Trump's tweet was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Or consider the alleged overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy number 30. There, the indictment states that Trump placed a phone call to Georgia Senate President Butch Miller. The horror! How dare the President of the United States talk to a state legislator on the telephone? Presumably, Trump talked to Senator Miller about election fraud in Georgia. Last time I checked, Americans are allowed to discuss their opinions about political matters with elected representatives. That is not a crime, and it can't form any basis for a RICO violation. The first overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy alleged in the indictment is perhaps the most ridiculous. The day after the election, President Trump made a nationally televised speech declaring victory. Not only that, but President Trump discussed a draft of that speech with someone before he delivered the speech. As you can see, the indictment is sheer lunacy. But what about that famous phone call that President Trump had with Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger? The indictment covers that at Act Number 113. Act 113, as alleged by the indictment, basically states that Trump had a call with Secretary of State Raffensperger during which Trump made what the indictment calls false statements, 
in violation of Georgia law about the conduct of the election in Georgia. For example, by stating that anywhere from 250,000 to 300,000 ballots were dropped mysteriously into the rolls during the election, among other things. The section of the Georgia Code referenced here, section 16-10-20, makes it a crime to knowingly and willingly, willfully make false statements or representations in any matter within the jurisdiction of any department or agency of state government or any county or city government or other political subdivision. So, for example, a person that falsifies facts and conceals information when talking to the police during the investigation of a crime, well, that, they would then be guilty of violating this section of the Georgia Code. That's what this is for. But a political candidate reporting to the Secretary of State information about voter fraud that the candidate believes to be true is not making a knowingly false statement and is not done with any intent to injure the government. Quite the contrary, Trump made these statements because he was trying to vindicate his rights as he saw them and make sure that the government was aware of information concerning voter fraud being perpetrated against the government and against the voters of Georgia. So you must be thinking, what is criminal about any of that? Indeed, what is criminal about any of the things that I've mentioned? Well, the answer is nothing at all. But here's an even more important point. All of the things that I just discussed are actually protected speech and expression. Specifically, those things constitute political speech and that receive the highest level of protection offered by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Here's the thing. A district attorney can't cobble together a bunch of completely legal, constitutionally protected political speech and you know, expression and actions and transform that into a criminal RICO violation just by saying that they're all part of some conspiracy. It isn't a crime to express opinions about election results and election fraud. It isn't a crime for a candidate to express his opinion that election fraud tainted an election and that the candidate was the rightful winner. And it isn't a crime for a candidate to put forward legal theories and pursue legal remedies to contest election results and pursue his legal rights. If those things were crimes, Al Gore and Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams should have all been indicted long ago. But in America, opinions about elections are protected speech that the government cannot punish or suppress without running afoul of the First Amendment. Not only is just about every single act alleged in the indictment protected political speech, but the facts laid out in the indictment also constitute an attempt by the Trump campaign to petition the government for the redress of grievances. And the First Amendment also expressly prohibits the government from abridging the right of the people to petition the government for the redress of grievances. Clearly, the leftist Democrats who brought the indictment forward don't care about the First Amendment. What they are attempting to do is shoehorn the facts into a pattern where they can make out a criminal violation no matter how weak the legal basis. Then, they are going to get in front of a jury packed with Democrats, because that's what a jury in Fulton County will undoubtedly be, and try to get a conviction in advance of the next election. They don't care that the conviction will almost certainly be overturned on appeal. They don't care that the legal case is weak. Their objective is to taint President Trump in the eyes of the voters and make sure he is defeated in the next presidential election. They want to defeat, they want to defeat Trump, and that's all that matters to them because they see that President Trump is a real threat to, sort of the, to the radical left's designs to monopolize political power in the United States and transform the Democratic Party into a permanent majority party while relegating conservatives and the Republican Party to permanent minority status. That's what they're trying to do. To the Democrats behind these indictments, the ends justify the means, even though in this case, the means will destroy our republic. And that's because the means that they are employing, the transformation of the law itself into a political weapon, and the prosecution of political opponents will start a cycle that will be extremely difficult to end. They have opened Pandora's box. You see, in light of these political prosecutions against Trump and his allies, we, who are opponents of the far left, must not now stand against prosecuting leftist politicians who abuse legal processes or violate the law. 
To do so would be to allow the left's abuse and weaponization of the law to go unpunished. It would encourage further political prosecutions. The only way to stop the weaponization of the law and return to a world of fair legal process where the law is not wielded as a political weapon is to pursue legal causes of action against those who abuse legal process. In other words, once Trump and the other defendants defeat the ridiculous charges against them, whether that happens at trial or more likely on appeal, well, they must sue the prosecutors for malicious prosecution, abusive process, and similar offenses. At the same time, Republicans in Georgia must work to impeach and remove Fulton County District Attorney, the Fulton County District Attorney from office. And House Republicans at the national level need to bring forward impeachment proceedings against Merrick Garland and Special Counsel Jack Smith, in addition to impeaching President Biden. Only by penalizing the politicization and weaponization of the law can we hope to prevent future politically motivated abuses of legal processes. Of course, if anyone should be indicted for violating RICO, well, it should be Hunter Biden, not Donald Trump. Indeed, House Oversight Committee James Comer has correctly argued that Hunter Biden violated the federal RICO statute by opening more than 20 shell companies for the sole purpose of hiding payments that the Biden family business has received from people and entities in Ukraine, China, and other foreign countries, including entities and people with ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Well, that's actual racketeering. The media, however, ignore the Biden crime family, and the Democrats make false claims about purported Trumpian conspiracies in order to distract the, from the fact that Joe Biden should be impeached and removed from office for bribery, influence peddling, and corruption. Trump should make a motion to remove the Georgia case to federal court, and then he should move to dismiss the charges on a number of grounds, including presidential immunity, and because his conduct is protected by the First Amendment's guarantee of free speech, as well as the First Amendment's protection of the right to petition the government for the redress of grievances. The House majority, led by Kevin McCarthy, needs to bring impeachment proceedings against Biden, Attorney General Merrick Garland, and Special Counsel Jack Smith. And they should also move immediately to defund Special Counsel Jack Smith. The House of Representatives, after all, holds the power of the purse. If we can defund the out-of-control federal prosecutor, impeach the leader of the politically weaponized Justice Department, and see that President Trump's legal rights are vindicated in court, and it may take action by the United States Supreme Court to do that, then we just might, maybe, have a chance at preventing the complete unraveling of the American Republic. Well, that's all for today's episode. If you like the content that we are providing, please go ahead and like the video, subscribe to the channel, give the audio podcast a five-star rating. Doing each of those things helps us grow and multiply the impact of the show. And also, one more thing. The Communist Party of China, the CCP, must be destroyed.